Martin Forbes used to be a mechanical engineer working on simulations of fracture modeling typically applied to airplane components. But when I went to chat to Martin, we ended up here. Around uh, Scott Base, if you have a little bit of free time, there's actually a lot to do as someone who enjoys the outdoors. Like you have these uh, fat bikes to, to go biking, you can go um, cross-country skiing, you, you running. It's and, and sometimes like if there's no wind and the yeah. sun is out and it's negative two, you're running around with just your your thermals and it's it's like perfect conditions. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. And that's because now Martin is applying his past experience of numerical simulations towards understanding the rifts that cut through ice shelves in Antarctica. Antarctic ice shelves are, shall we say, complicated, which makes them very difficult to predict from a scientific perspective. The ice stretches out from a landmass with swirling, changing ocean conditions underneath and varying atmospheric conditions above. Furthermore, rain and wind pout the shelf, further changing how the ice forms and is distributed. To accurately understand the dynamics of the ice shelf, you have to get all these little pieces right. So we're getting, basically we're looking closer at some of these processes to be able to refine and kind of slowly beat down some of the uncertainties in our models. So in this giant puzzle of ice dynamics, the part that Martin works on is the big splitting rifts that zig and zag through the ice shelf. So I'm really looking at like rifts uh, which are rifts are you know, large through cutting crevasses so that crevasses that have propagated right through the ice shelf and I'm looking at how these change over two or three years like I'm looking at over periods when they're actively propagating. So in this giant project of trying to figure out all the little components of ice shelf dynamics Martin is the guy who has said I'll do the top right corner of a 10,000 piece puzzle. It's a small part on small timescales, but if you want to finish the whole thing, you still need to do that top right corner. So this is this is where you, you realize like how small the puzzle pieces actually become because like I eventually I would contribute to some some form of or or I do contribute to some form of modeling that's maybe looking at the 50 to 100 year time scale. But my time scales of interest are like two or three years at a time. I mean I could be looking over longer periods but generally uh, I only have a 20 to 30 year uh, record of satellite images to use as kind of uh, data so I'm uh, I'm looking for good examples in the right kinds of places. And to do this, to figure out what that top right corner of the puzzle actually is, is a gorgeous piece of textbook science. This is this is kind of like modeling something that has happened in the past for which we we hopefully know the conditions kind of as well as we can so that someday we can uh, attempt sort of... Um, uh, modeling into the future of these these features. 
So first you find some event that you want to be able to explain. In this case, Martin wants to be able to predict and forecast how these ice shelf rifts will behave in the future. Next, you collect data on how the thing has behaved in the past and try and come to understand it. In Martin's case, this is done by using pictures collected by satellites over the past 30 years and then creating a mathematical model that represents how they behaved which you can then apply to current conditions to forecast how they will play out based on the past experience you've just modeled. One of the aspects of, of my work is to look through a lot of satellite imagery and identify periods over which certain rifts that are easily identifiable. They're not in the same place, but they're advecting. So they're moving in the ice shelf as the ice moves. So we have a, we, they're easy to track. Uh, you can visually identify the same rifts. And so I look at these, I can go through these images. I've done a lot of digitizing of, of features and seeing how they, they change uh, over time. So some of them tell sort of stories on, on their own that are, that are interesting if they're doing something that might not be expected. But generally, most of my work has been around taking a couple of these stories and trying to reproduce them numerically. So come up with some modeling approach that accurately describes that evolution of that rift over that time period. The successful representation and prediction of the ice shelf rifts is the completion of Martin's top right corner of the wider puzzle. It allows him to predict how these rifts will act in the future because he created a numerical model that correctly tracks how they behaved in the past. The aim of the overall puzzle is to have a system that can accurately predict and forecast how Antarctic ice shelves will behave under different environmental conditions. This is especially useful when we want to consider what different impacts carbon emission levels will have on the ice shelves. As ice shelves play a big part of the global climate system as they reflect a lot of sunlight back towards space, preventing the heat from being absorbed. But ice shelves also just play a big part in the wider systems of Antarctica as a whole. The point being here, and the different connections I'm trying to make, is that in the same way that Martin's work contributes to the wider scope of Antarctic glaciology, the study of glaciology is also obviously inseparable from the other areas of research in Antarctica. I think all of the different connections here are really beautiful. That's the other, like, aside from the conditions, you, you get involved with lots of science that you don't necessarily, that's not like the science that you're used to doing. That's also like really interesting. Like you get so many different perspectives and then you have to, you have to do like these deep dives into someone else's like core science world to, to help them out. This is a particular advantage to doing this kind of research in New Zealand. Here you work cl closely with uh, a lot of different groups that are involved in all kinds of research down in Antarctica and it's, 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 a, it's a small smaller community than maybe in other places. Being out in the field sites, uh, that's also a really sort of amazing experience. I, I, I think it's like 
it's soothing. Like you go and you have, you've done a lot of preparation. Everybody's done a lot of preparation. You're basically, you're just problem solving with what you have there. Uh, everybody chips in. Um, you spend the evenings uh, surrounded by nice people playing cards. And then you, you have these like wonderful little tents where you go off and you read for a half hour and then you sleep. The word to sum all of this up, I think, is collaboration. Not just between people, but also between fields. With Martin's work, he started as a mechanical engineer and then turned his expertise in numerical simulation towards Antarctic ice shelves. That work is part of a larger glaciology puzzle which he does while also assisting other scientists in their areas when he's down in the field in Antarctica, contributing to the even larger puzzle of scientific endeavour. Call me a hopeless romantic for scientific collaboration, but I think this is really freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs>